Welcome back to Good Vibes Nation. No Dougie on the podcast. That means I've got another amazing guest. This guest, she's a mother of seven, a successful business owner, fellow podcaster. She's also a world record holder. She actually is the first woman to climb second highest summits on each of the seven continents. And we're going to hear a lot more about that. But I want to welcome to the show Jennifer Drummond. Jennifer, welcome to Good Vibes Nation. How are you? Hello, hello. Thanks for the intro. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. You've got a lot to talk about, I'm sure. <laughs> World record holder, seven summits, seven continents. I want to dive into all that, but we like to start our show with our guests. If you could just tell us a little bit about your upbringing, where are you from? Yeah, perfect. So I grew up in Michigan, still smitten with the mitten, as they say. <laughs> um, I'm the oldest of three kids. We're all little go-getters. I was big into sports my whole life because if I was training for something, I didn't have to do chores at home. Ooh. So let me tell you, soccer was always better than the dishwasher. Sounds good to and, me. And um, went to college, played soccer in college, graduated, took a job in finance, started my own deal, hired myself out of a job so I could be a mom, survived a crazy car wreck, got into mm. mountaineering, set a world record. Living the dream. Man, that's awesome that you're living the dream. That's my saying, too. I love that. Now, yeah. obviously, you weren't, you kind of mentioned you weren't always a mountain climber. In fact, there was a time that you didn't even think that you were going to possibly even walk again or, or be alive. Can you take us back to that specific incident back in, it was 2018, right? It changed yeah, your life? Yeah, so 2018. That's the line in the sand. Mm -hmm. um, I was driving home from a nearby town. And the reservoir on the side of the water, like side of the road caught my attention. So I was like daydreaming, wondering what was going to freeze over, if we were going to get more snow, like all the things. Mm -hmm. And my attention got pulled back to the road. I was coming up hot on a semi that was pulling a trailer, looked in the rear view mirror, got into the fast lane, did not make it and bumped the trailer. Trailer bumped me. We don't know whose fault it is actually still because there was something on the side of the road. So the trailer started bumping into the other lane as well. Oh and I just remember watching the trailer hit the passenger side and saying, like, negotiating with death, like, please don't let me die. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in the car and I remember thinking, OK, the only people that survive car wrecks are the ones that don't know that they're going on, like the people that relax and move with the car. So I told myself, put my hands on the steering wheel, my head on the headrest, and just relax. And my car was going end over end. So I'm like, okay, I have enough momentum to go a second time. And the third time it started to slow down. So then I started doing these crazy sideways rolls, eventually stopped moving in the median. Oh my God. I remember thinking, okay, now I'm going to get cracked by another car. Thanks, Hollywood, for yeah. training my brain to yeah. think this way. Yeah. And lucky for me, I didn't. And a guy was running. He was yelling like, are you okay? Are you okay? And then peeled back the windshield. And I remember like hearing him, but I wasn't registering that he was talking to me. I'm like, okay, yeah. this guy's looking at me. His facial expression does not look good. I don't know if I'm okay, but I'm super afraid to find out. So I closed my eyes and I wiggled my fingers and toes. And I remember saying out loud, I can feel my fingers and toes. I can feel my fingers and toes. I'm going to be okay. And the guy's like, you are. We're going to sit here. We're going to talk until the ambulance comes. I don't want you to move. I'm like, okay. So 
So luckily I'm not too far from the ambulance or to the hospital. So the ambulance comes, I go to the hospital, they check me out, they send me home. I'm fine. Oh my God. Which is just surreal. I do end up going back to the hospital a couple of different times because I kept spiking a fever. Yeah. We couldn't figure out what was happening. And then we realized that the seatbelt pressure had ruptured a breast implant that I had. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the saline kind. So it's not like I had a flat tire. Yeah. Um, and so I can laugh about it now because it's like past me. But I got out of that accident with a new lease on life, a new car, and new boobs. <laughs> Someone my age, there's not much better out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> that happened. That's crazy. I can't believe. Was it the same night? Like you got in the hospital and like within 24 hours, you're out of there. Yeah. I mean, I was out of there within like five or six hours. Oh they God. ran a whole bunch of tests right. just to say like, because they wanted to see, right? Like I'm no one. If you saw the car, you're like, there's no way a human yeah. is alive. Yeah. And that's what the police said. And the police actually called my house a few weeks later because they are trying to rebuild the accident. Yeah. And they're like, we just need some more facts because we have rebuilt this accident 50 different times. And we cannot build a scenario where you live, yeah. let alone walk away. Yeah. And so they're like just trying to figure out like if there's something different that I wasn't saying. I'm like, look, I I don't I don't know what to tell you. This is what it was. And he's like, buy that car again. And be grateful for every day you're here. Yeah. I'm like, I am. Let me tell you, I am. That's uh, That kind of brings me to my next question, right? So I try to do a lot of research, and I saw a quote that you have. I'm going to quote it for you. Quote it back to you, I should say. Yeah. You, you said, you don't get to choose when you leave this life, but you sure can choose how to live it. So obviously, yeah. you, you went through a ton, right? You went through a, a significant accident. You walked away. Was that feeling something that you had prior to or was this the light switch that just got flipped and you're like okay now it's it's time to live so time um you know what? it's a combination of two events if i had to be honest so i had my horrific car crash mm-hmm. and then a few weeks after my car crash a girlfriend of mine was running on a trail and it's a trail you and i could push a stroller on she it was wet out she slipped she hit her head and never came home So I'm trying to metabolize the fact that I survived this horrific car crash. She's doing something healthy and doesn't get to come home. And like, there's, it just can't, like, there's nowhere to land it in my head, right? It doesn't make sense. And the only thing that I can come out of it with is I do not get to choose when I die, Mm -hmm. but I sure get to choose how I live. And I have a choice every day to make the most out of this life. And life is a gift. My gift back to it is a living. And that was like the solid, like those two events happening yeah. and me trying to figure out like what all this means. That's what I came out of it with. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, and, and it's like you said about, about your friend, something as simplistic, call it running, right? Yeah. She goes out for a run and just doesn't come back. Right. Mm. Right. And here I did like this, like flips and yeah. sideways and rolls and blah, 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 blah. And, and like, I'm like, walk what? away. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So seven summits, seven continents, take us through that journey, right? Because you, you had a little push yes. in, into this direction, right. right? Didn't come organically. Yeah. So here's what happened. Like 2019 became this year of reflection. Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Why am I alive? What's my purpose? And it was also like, who am I? My identity was wrapped up in my kids who are in school full time. And I 
Like if someone asked me what I wanted to eat, I'd be like chicken nugget. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I didn't like, so it was one of those things where 2019 was very much getting back who Jen Drummond is. And I was making lists of all the things I wanted to see and do and experience and taste and become and whatever. Um, and on that list was climb a mountain. I had done one mountain before. I loved the experience. And 2020, I was turning 40. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday and launch this next decade of significance. Yeah. And um, so I asked some friends that are mountaineers. I live in Park City. There's a lot of outdoorsy people here. And a couple people had said to me, like, you should climb this mountain named Ama de Blom. I'm like, okay. So they're like, you know, giving me a little more detail on it. They're like, it's the Paramount Pictures logo. It means the mother's necklace. It's located in the Himalayas. It's this gorgeous mountain we think it'd be perfect. And, you know, I'm like, okay, like, sounds like a perfect mountain. I'm going to start training for Ama de Blom. Well, 2020 happens and COVID hits, yeah. right? So now all of a sudden I'm a homeschool teacher to seven children. And I remember like giving my son a pep talk one day, I'm like, listen, buddy, we do hard things. Like you've got this. And he looks at me and he goes, if we do hard things, why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? <laughs> oh my gosh. So all of you listening, yeah. I like my nickname is Mountain Barbie before like the Barbie movie came yeah. out. And so I have long blonde hair and he literally heard Ama de Blom as I'm a dumb blonde. That's hysterical. Like it wasn't even yeah. him being a smart ass. That's yeah. just him. Yeah. And so he like finishes his homework. We look at Everest. He goes to bed. I'm like kind of hung up on this Everest thing all of a sudden. Like, you know what? If Everest is the hardest mountain in the world to this little kid, I'm climbing it. Yeah. And I'm showing him that whatever our Everest is, we got it. Wow. Like we can do it. So I hire a coach. He starts training me for Everest and AMA. And he, hands, he orders me a book. And the book is about becoming an uphill athlete. And in the front of it was this lady who got a Guinness World Record for skiing across the Alps or doing something along that line. And I'm on a conversation with him. And I told him, I'm like, Alan, I can suffer. Like, I could have done that record. Are you kidding me? It was done like two years before. Yeah. And like, my kids would think I'm the coolest mom in the whole world. This homeschooling thing, zero cool. Yeah. Like, sure. not cool. Yeah. Like, it is not working out for me. And my kids learned how to read on these things. And Alan was kind of joking. He's like, I'll think of something. I'm like, okay, you think of something, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not growing pumpkins. I'm not growing out fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. not speed eating hot dogs, like all the weird yeah. things that you read about. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll come back with something cool. A few weeks later, Alan gives me a call and he's all excited. He's like, Jen, Jen, I have the perfect world record. I'm like, okay, kind of forgot about the conversation. He's like, I think you should become the first woman to climb the seven second summits. I'm like, Okay, what are the seven second summits? I've never heard of this thing before. Yeah. He's like, listen, he goes, it's been done by one male. It's harder than the first seven. And it's the second highest point on each of the seven continents. Seven continents, seven mountains, seven children. It sounds like a jackpot. Yeah. I'm like, it kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I be. think about it and I'm like, you know, I wanted to explore more. I wanted to like have a meaningful life. Like it kind of checked a few boxes. Don't mind that I haven't slept in a tent before. Like, we'll figure that out. Yeah. And I say yes. That's crazy. So, like, go back for a second, right? Because you said you did a mountain before. 
But yes, we're not talking about Everest. Obviously, like there's preparation. Like you said, there's tents. There's, I mean, you go up with Sherpas, and you'll, I'm sure you'll get into it here in a, in a minute. But what? What kind of mountain was it that you did before? Was it anything remotely yeah, right? close like, to what I'm you're like, about to do? I climbed the Grand Teton in Jackson yeah. Hole, darn it. Like, yeah. it's something. <laughs> like, nothing in comparison to this, right? Nothing in comparison. Yeah. It's like not even, I mean, it's less than half the size of Everest, right? Yeah. So, um, but I had such a great experience climbing the Grand. It yeah. was time outdoors, away from the noise of life. Yeah. When you climb a mountain, you do get this, like, satisfaction yeah. of hey i hit the summit and i came back down and like i loved the feeling and so i just was like okay let's just gonna repeat that feeling just yeah. on a bigger scale what's preparation like like you said you hired a coach so what is the what is yeah what does that entail well i would say most mountaineering is more mindset than physical abilities mm-hmm. and when you have seven children your mindset is tested all the time mm-hmm. so like i was rock solid in being able to handle what was coming yeah. my way I'm like, oh, wait, wait, there's only one thing coming at me. We're good. I can do one thing. I'm used to seven. And then the physical aspect, you know, I had a, I've been active most of my life. So that was in my favor. The training was hard because I'm a mom first, a business owner second, and an athlete third. So I literally would give my coach my schedule and I would say, okay, family's in there, work's in there. Now you can figure out how I'm going to train. Yeah. And my coach was like, you're kidding me right now, right? I'm like, no, this is what I have to do. And so a lot of my training looked different than anybody else that'd be training for the mountain. I had a 12-inch step that I was married to, and I would bring it to soccer practices or soccer games, and I'd fill a backpack full of water bottles. And I would do a whole bunch of step-ups on that 12-inch step while I was watching one of my kids play soccer. And it was a way that I could get an hour and a half of training in and be a mom. Um, so it just got creative. Like anytime I was anywhere, I'd park in the last spot. So I had to walk in, I would take the stairs instead of the elevator, like just anything I could do that would add a little bit of fitness to a day that was otherwise pretty busy. That's incredible. Take us through the first one. Which one did you go through first? So I did Ama de Blom first because like what happened was mountains have climbing seasons, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, that's why I always see Everest climbed in May or K2 climbed in July. Um, uh, Nepal opened in October of 2020. And so I went over there and climbed Ama de Blom, most amazing experience, still probably one of my favorite mountains to climb. Came back from that. I'm like, Hey, if this is what I signed up for, I am in, yeah. this is amazing. And then I went, the next country that opened was Chile. And so I went to climb Ojos del Salado, which is the second highest point in South Africa, South America. I'm sorry. How close? Like you did one. And then when was the next one? Like how close? I came like I was in um I was in Nepal in uh, October. I came home for November. Chile opened in December. Okay, so about so I went to so Chile far. in December. It was like a one week climb. Like so, some of the climbs are long, some of them are short. Um, went to Chile, and I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, this is the worst mountain in the whole world. I better not have signed up for seven of these things." Yeah. So the interesting thing about Chile is the second highest point in South America is a volcano. Mm. Okay. So a volcano is like climbing an anthill. If you were shrunk down to a teeny tiny grain of sand. So there's nothing visually stimulating. You take a step up, you slide half a step down, you take a step up, you slide half. I mean, it's just the slog. Yeah. And when you're in the Atacama desert, 
it works kind of like a convection oven. There's nothing holding the heat in. So every night it gets cold. The sun comes out during the day, starts to heat up the air. And so then it starts circulating the air because of the different weight between cold air and warm air. And the entire time you're climbing, you hear this sound of wind and it's like the whole day, like for 12 hours. Like I had no idea a wind tunnel is punishment, but it is so much punishment. I can't even tell you. So I could not get home from that mountain fast enough. Thankfully, it's the only volcano I had to climb. How long of a climb was that? Did you say? I was there for a week. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we got two knocked out and pretty much. Two- well, Alma's not one of them. Alma was like my, like a mountain that I signed up for. So my first second oh, okay. summit was the Chile mountain. Okay. Okay. And then I went to Mount Kenya next. So Mount Kenya's in Africa. Um, it's a rock climb. So you have rock shoes on and a harness and you're roped up and you're like climbing a wall. The interesting thing about climbing in Kenya is you're racing the clock because it's at the equator. So you have exactly 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of night. And you do not want to be on these kinds of mountains when you can't see, especially because you're going to be coming down in the dark. So that means you're repelling off the mountain in the dark, which is a little mind numbing. So climbed that one. That So that one, like it takes a little bit to get to, but then it's a one day climb. So you're up and down the same day and you're done. Uh, And then came home home for a few months, and then Everest season. And of course, I'm climbing Everest for my son, not the second summit quest. And K2 is a lot harder than Everest. So I needed to train on Everest to know how my body was going to respond when it was time to go climb K2 and just test all your gear. Like, okay, does this work? Is this system going to be good for me? Went to climb Everest, had success. So that was exciting. Feeling like I was on top of the world. Like from there on, I go to K2 no success. It was a really hard expedition. The weather was really temperamental. I lost a teammate to an avalanche. Another one lost his hand to frostbite. Another one got injured. It was just this expedition of casualties. Um, do you know that I read about, but I just didn't think it was going to happen to me. If that makes sense. Do you know these people that you're going with? Is it a team that you've assembled prior or is it something that you signed up and you find out when you get there? You find out when you get there for the most part, like sometimes you get to know each other after you've been in the industry for a little bit and then you like start building your team out. But in the beginning, it's definitely you sign up for once you're there. But the unique thing is, is like my team on Everest, we were together for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I have a relationship with those people that I won't have with other people, yeah. right? Like I like there's a different level of relationship that develops in these kind of extreme environments. So even though I wasn't overly you know, I didn't have a long-term relationship with these people, you know them oh, like yeah. at a different level. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So- yeah. So it was hard. Like I had a choice. I was on the mountain when the accident happened. Do I want to go down or I want to go up? And I remember someone asked me if I want to go up. I'm like, what do you mean? Do I want to go up? I don't want to go up. My teammates are injured and killed and like, no way I'm going down. You take care of your team. Yeah. So I went down, I came home my kids came home from camp a few days later because I sent them to camp. So it felt like we were all doing something cool. And they came home and like, mom, did you summit? I said, no, but I had success. And they looked at me like, what? I'm like, listen, guys, who we show up as people is way more important than what we achieve. And the mountain will always be there. I had some tragedies on my team. I had to take care of that. I'll go back. They're like, okay, sounds good. So K2, I needed to do again. After the first attempt at K2, I went to Russia. 
and went to climb Dick Tau, which is the second highest point in Europe. Mm -hmm. And I had curated like the perfect gear for this thing. This is a technical climb and your gear matters. I ordered 20 pairs of gloves, sent 19 pairs back. So I could figure out the exact pair that I wanted for dexterity and heat. I landed Moscow. My bags never show up. Oh, no. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, sorry. I'm like, well, where are they? They're like, we don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is before air tags. I'm like, oh my goodness. So the guide was like, listen, you can go back home or we can go to a rental store, but we're not waiting for your bags because the weather window's now. Yeah. And if I, I was like, do I go home? Like I cannot spend another minute in an airport right now. My ears are ringing. I need to get out of here. I'm like, okay, we'll go to the rental store. This is like right after COVID. This is September of 2021. Yeah. There's no inventory. Yeah. Everybody took on to the outdoors yeah. when COVID happened, oh, right? Yeah. And no one had any inventory to refuel because no one's shipping anything anywhere. So I show up this rental store, I'm like a peanut. I have a jacket that they roll the sleeves up on. I have a backpack that we have to tie so it doesn't slide off my shoulders. I have boots that are too big. So like my toes are ramming into them anytime I'm going downhill. I look like a total rag and muffin. I go to climb this mountain, like one in six teams summit. So like one team is season summits. We somehow, by the grace of the universe, get to be this team. Not without, I mean, like there's other stories, but we don't have time for all the craziness. But I got an electrical storm. My toe broke. Instead of like walking down the mountain, I literally am like butt scooting as if I'm wiping my butt with toilet paper oh because my, my toe hurts so bad. Yeah. I don't want to walk. Yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, thank God no one films this stuff because yeah. this is so embarrassing. But we did it. And yeah. the reality is, it's like imperfect starts are still starts. Yeah. And I'm so glad we summited that mountain because guess what? Russia closed six months later and it's still not open. And I would still be waiting for that country to open so I could climb that mountain. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just adapt and overcome. You just got to do the mm -hmm. thing. Yep. Scoot down the mountain. It, it is what it is. That's it. That's yeah. It. So then after Russia, I headed to Antarctica, um, became the second female to summit that mountain. Antarctica Tyree is the name of it. It's only been summited by about 20 people. Wow. So that was interesting because you just don't have the beta. You don't know. Like yeah. no one had been there in 2020 because of COVID. 2019, the North Face team went and didn't summit. So you have like all this stigma around it. You don't really have facts. The notes that you have are a couple years old. So it's like, was there a whole bunch of snow in this rock? They're talking about this, the rock, or is the rock underneath snow that we can't see? Or did something melt? And now this is a new rock and we're counting it wrong. So that was really interesting, but really rewarding to summit. Came back from Tyree, went to Mount Logan, which is the, the second highest point for North America, which is home base. Did not summit. We had the worst weather possible. And again, the mountains, I was going to be there. So you have to honor the mountain. Went back to climb K2, had success. Went to Australia to climb the second highest point there, which is Mount Townsend, had success. And went back to Mount Logan this past May, summited June 1st of 2023. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's my crazy. gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not, obviously, not too far ago in the past. That's amazing. I know. That is amazing. What a story. It what is. A, and like story. each mountain has like its crazy story too, right? There's just not enough time to talk about them all. Right, it's right. just been this crazy adventure 
that I get to pinch myself and say, this is life. Like, yeah. this is life. Like, way cool. So do you think, like, you've turned into – I mean, you you got to be, like, an adrenaline junkie now, right? I mean, have you turned into one? I mean, what's next? That's my question. What's next? I mean, now that you've done this, what do you do from here? Yeah, you know what? Like, I love – mountain climbing. Mm. And I love the feeling of being out in the wilderness and like achieving a goal and coming home and having that, that amazing feeling. I freaking love having a hot chocolate with my kid in the morning. Yeah. Right. I love watching my kids score a soccer goal. Like, I think the trick is, is making sure our threshold for joy is low mm. because then we have a really happy, exciting life. Yeah. And so even though we get to do these really epic adventures, the day-to-day is pretty magical too. Now, obviously, your seven kids have to think, our, you know, our mom's a badass for sure. Have any of them got the bug? Have any of them just yeah. said, I want to do it too? I have some bugs. Yeah. You know, like here's like I'm telling you this story because this is kids and this yeah. is why kids are freaking awesome. So I set the world record. I'm flying home. I've been on an airplane forever. I, my kids meet me at the airport. One of them gives me a hug. He's like, mom, you got bad breath. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, yes. You're like, thank you, honey. You're right. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've been by a toothbrush. Yeah. Um, you know, and like kids, I think when they're older, they're going to realize it's probably a cooler thing than what they are right now hmm. because I'm just their mom, right? Yeah. They don't know. But I am taking three of them to go climbing in Africa in February on their break. Wow. They're like, I want to see this mountain that you did. I'm like, this is probably the easy, like, this is a good one to take them to. Yeah. So I'm going to go take them there and let them see what it's all about. That is yeah. awesome. What What do you got going on now? Take us to there. Yeah. You know, today I have a book coming out, right? So I wrote this book along the journey at a suggestion from a friend when we were eating lunch. As in, like, I think you should write a book mm. or maybe order brownie for dessert. Like, it was like <laughs> yeah. that kind of a Either conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, sure, I'll write a book, having no idea what kind of undertaking that was. I'd rather climb another mountain. And so I have the book, which means I have the lemonade, and now it's time to have the lemonade stand and sell the lemonade and sell the book. So that's the process that I'm in right now. I am a quick start and a hard stop. Yeah. So when I came back, I promised myself I wouldn't commit to anything big for the next 12 months. Okay. So I can be very intentional about the next project I pick up. There you go. So yeah. we obviously, we didn't have a lot of time on the podcast to dive in, but you, you explained there was a lot that went on, on pretty much each of the mountains. You dive into yeah. that in the book? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, what I do is I, you know, I built a company that I hired myself out of a job. And then I climbed these mountains and it was amazing how many things are parallel in both pursuits. Mm-hmm. So I use the story of the mountains because it's more entertaining and then take out some of the lessons that I learned that I hope people will apply to their lives right. so that they get to do pretty epic things too. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to read the book, by the way. It doesn't really? come out until what? The beginning of the year? It, it comes out, out yes. Yeah. So pre-orders now. If you okay. sign up for pre-order, you get a whole bunch of freebies and fun bonuses. But Sweet. it comes on bookshelves January 9, 2024. Okay. And it's a book I wrote to myself as a younger version of me saying, hey, listen, like step into who you are. Like own this thing in your heart that's burning. Yeah. Because when you do, magic happens. That's awesome. Well, I'm definitely pre-ordering the book because I want the free stuff too. Um, and then we might have to have you back on. I mean, once I read that I book, love it. 
I'm sure a lot more questions are going to pop up when I get to dive into some of the details. Yes, for so, sure. Awesome. Sounds good. But before we go, let our listeners know where can they find you? Give them the ads. Please. Okay. So head to jendrummond.com and that's two N's in Jen. And there you'll have a link to the book. You'll be able to see some of the expeditions that I've been on and some notes about those. Also, all my social channels are there. So depending on your social media of choice, um, connect, reach out, say hi. It's my favorite part about this thing is like reaching out and hearing what everybody else is up to in this world. It's pretty magic. That's awesome. We'll put it on our social media pages and we'll definitely promote you and the book when it comes out January 9th, 2024. That's right. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for hopping on the show. Till next time, guys. Thank you.